Hello, everybody. I'm Dell Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and you're watching The Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay holiday. How was your holiday, holiday, Del Shores? It was uh, it was good. How was yours? I was fine. I mean, for those of y'all not here, we had, it was 115 degrees in the valley this weekend. Los Angeles was Satan's taint. I was glad that you started with weather because you always chastise me when I start saying, oh, it's hot, it's this. You go, we're not talking about the weather. That's because you talk about the weather on like a random Tuesday. This was exceptional and it's relevant to the holiday. See how he treats me, y'all? He just treats me like this. Well, the rest of the time you sound like that granny. How's your hip? Well, it's a bit of a cool spell coming through, which is one of those like, and thank you for watching. Goodbye. Oh, no, I am. I am becoming that concerned uh, granny today. Uh, I, I was reading. I, I'm, I am obsessed a little bit too much with weather. And I saw, oh, there's a cold front coming into Colorado and Dale Dickey's doing a movie there. And I text her. I go, did you take your winter coat? <laughs> Do you have enough warmth? And you know what? Still not interesting. Yeah. I know. I know. Just to me. Just to me. But for those of you who care, she did. <laughs> I'm so glad. I worried. I worried. I don't worry about Dale Dickey. Well, it was the point of the holiday. My favorite thing from the holiday was those Trump boats that sank in Austin because of weather. See, that was the point. Because the waves got too choppy. Those Trump boat rallies it uh it sort of put a new meaning into uh the words sinking ship right i just love it i just i just like y'all i mean not one like four i know travis too that's where you know lake travis is where they have hippie hollow where there's some nudity going on a lot i went once i drove from dallas down to hippie hollow Uh uh-huh there weren't many people. It was like a random day, um, but it was a very titillating, exciting experience it's at the okay. time. I didn't make it back. It was a lot of work. It's like there's that Black's Beach down in San Diego that's a nude beach you can go to here, but it just seems like so much effort to drive for two and a half hours and you don't know if you're going to see anything worth seeing. <laughs> when you can just, you, no, you can't go anywhere. I was just going to say, you can go to a bathhouse up in France, San Francisco, but you really can't, not yet. Now there will, no, but we talked about San Francisco when all this comes back, bathhouses on the table, I choices. Know. How did everybody else spend their holiday weekend? Did it feel like a holiday? I mean, yesterday I spent the afternoon working on this show because I was like, it's just Monday. The only What's thing that was a holiday to me was, um, I did. I, I did go over social distance dinner with a couple of friends, which was nice, and that, I'm getting more comfortable with that. And uh, and and then uh, you know all these pictures of people on beaches, just like being idiots. That's that seems like standard. Yeah, it's it is interesting. You know, I'm just I am perpetually terrified. My family, we do not do well with lung issues. If we get bronchitis, we get it forever. I'm like. I don't care if it's been six months. I am not lightening up. I still only see the same seven people that I've been seeing for months safely. Uh, I just am not, because getting it now would be more embarrassing. You know, yeah, if you got it in March, that's yeah. like, oh my gosh, it's like everywhere. We're still figuring out the systems, but it's, you get it now and like, well, you were just stupid. Yeah, well. Oh, I feel. oh wait, Jigs had a comment. 
said, I used to hang out at Hippie Holler. I was much prettier back then. We should make a group trip. We should plan a group outing post-corona. Yes, no body shaming here. None. All bodies are beautiful. Ken of Hartsfield, most people on a nude beach should not be nude ever, even in the shower. Yeah, I mean, we like to joke, and you have joked often, but I tell you what, you know, what we've discussed the the entertaining commentary, shall we say, that I get on my Instagram for my absurd, bulgy Speedo posts. But I really do. You know, it took me a long time to get to, like, not caring what people thought. And I wish everyone would feel that way. If you want to be naked by your pool, if you want to find you a safe nude beach to go to, there is something so weirdly freeing about, like, running naked into the ocean. And, yes, it's fun to, like, look either or whatever. But I really mean the experience of, like, standing in nature with that last little bit of clothes off that I don't know if it's like the puritanical Southern Baptist upbringing that it's like throwing off the last shackles of shame. We should all do it. If you don't feel comfortable, don't, but if you do do it, celebrate it. Blame your pallywhacker. I've been running around my house naked, especially during this heat. I just thought, fuck it, you know? But of course then I, Stepped on a piece of glass that was somehow got out of a frame and cut my foot. So, uh, Ken, we know you meant no shame. I mean, it's a fun thing to Ken, joke about, but I really do. I've you done those jokes. Yeah, I've done those jokes in stand up where I go, I go to clothing optional and I'm not popular because I keep people going up to people saying it's optional. Um, I finally learned to be comfortable from those like 80 year old Australian homosexuals at the nudie. Men only resorts in Palm Springs with their testicles down to their knees, flopping and, you know, practically playing an extra instrument as they walked is what, like, yes, I don't care. You shouldn't care. I mean, years ago, years ago, um, before I knew you, uh, I went to, um, uh, well, two trips, one to Central Bay, but one to the Canary Islands, Islands. And I remember being on the beach there and people were just naked. Families were naked. Dad, I remember this dad playing catch with his his kids and they're all naked. And I thought, well, this is probably the way it should be. It's like, you know, yeah, so shameful here in the United States. You make it less weird from the get go. It's just never a thing. The other, you know, that was on the plus side of the weekend. The negative side, you saw, I'm sure, that story. Uh, for those of you not in California, we had a 7,000 acre fire started by a gender reveal party. Just y'all, nobody cares what your baby's gonna be except you. We all smile and nod when people say, Oh, we're having a, and we go, Oh, that's so exciting. Nobody cares. You do not need to blow something up. I saw you. that smoke of this, just this huge smoke of blue smoke. And I'm thinking, Oh, well, now we're gonna have a story for the kid. You started your gender reveal party, started the biggest uh, fire in the history of whatever. Yeah, you want to talk about being born into shame. I mean, they ought to name it like arson or Asher or... Asher, that's a good one because it's kind oh. of hot and it's... Right. Like, um, arson's yeah. a little much. Arson. I mean, or, you know, a little, little climate change. This is our little daughter. This is our little boy. Climate change. This is our little boy. Oops, sorry about that. It's like, people are so dumb. Nobody cares. Like, you want to cut a cute cake, that's delightful. But that's it. Those gender reveal parties gotten out of hand. Ted said, you two have little to bitch about. We have six chickens aged 19 to 18 months. All are home and online school plus a grandbaby on the way. I mean, 
If that isn't a menagerie, Ted, I don't know what okay. is. Uh, Ted, Ted, I, I, Ted, I owe you a text. I forgot to text you back. I apologize. <laughs> no, thanks for saying something. <laughs> uh, yes, they, they do. They, they, but they did a great thing. They adopted some kids that needed to be homes, and I just love Ted and Derek. Ken uh, said, "Name that baby, Smokey." Smokey. And then I saw something that went with one of our other stories. It's not really holiday weekend related, but y'all, and remember that story we did about the guys who were pointing guns at their crotches uh, to own the libs for gun safety school? Well, there is a new set of masks for that. I'm sure that same kind of terrified man. Y'all, they are gun holster masks. I'm done. Oh God. Well, you know it, what? They you know, mask on. I know, I'm not gonna say I wish them evil, but if a story comes out about one of those, we will certainly be sharing it. It's like yep. those people that put a handgun in the front of their pants. You are just asking to end up on this show. Yes, absolutely. I, mean, I appreciate that they're like cute little patterns. I, I mean, they're far more, you know, fashionable than I'd have expected. It looks very Christmassy. It looks like someone's wife made it. Uh-huh. Darling, darling, will you make me a mask with a pistol holder, darling? I just uh, right th d d make sure it don't point to my temple. Uh, All I can tell from those masks is that she hates him. You know, you know, one of them's gonna. She do said, it. "Absolutely, Earl. I'll get right on that." Uh huh. Look, you just put it in right here. I saw what you did. I saw what you grabbed that Earl name from the Chicks album. Uh -huh. yeah. Absolutely. Like, well. Uh, but I, I just can't. I hope we'll get a good story about that. Well, I hope everybody else had a good holiday weekend. What we do here is the LGBTQ news and nonsense. If you're watching on Facebook, on Periscope, on Twitter, on YouTube, hello, how are you? Please share the broadcast with your friends. Don't hide us on your screen like a dirty little secret you need to have erased, uh, you know, after you die. Um, and we will get on to the news. This first story, uh, it's actually a really old story that had a really frustrating and horrible development this weekend. In 2014, a U.S. Marine named Joseph Pemberton was stationed in the Philippines for training exercises, and he met a Filipino woman named Jennifer Loud at a local bar, took her back to a motel, and when he learned that she was a trans woman, he strangled her to death, and she was found with her head in a toilet. As he was arrested, he claimed he was acting in self-defense. Now, the murder... The trial was a years-long story in the Philippines until he was convicted in 2017 of homicide, and he's been serving a six to 10-year sentence. Well, he'd been asking for early release on grounds of good behavior, but her family appealed the order and his early release was blocked. Now, Philippine President Duterte has officially pardoned him, and he is expected to grow free. So this is... It rekindled a bunch of frustrations within the activist community in the Philippines, both for LGBT people and for the argument that American military personnel who violate their local laws can get special treatment. The Philippines as a whole is very LGBT friendly with a 2014 poll said 73% of Filipinos believe homosexuality should be accepted, but their president is very Trump-like. He's likened, uh, they're compared often in the news. He's had obscene er outbursts commonly targeting LGBT people. Uh, he previously smeared his election opponents as gay, he joked about conversion therapy, and he claimed that criminals are beyond help because prison turns people gay. So that's the president 
who overturned this U.S. Marine's conviction, chummying up likely to the American military, to the Trump administration. Um, and it's extremely horrifying considering what it is he did and who he did it to. So I wanted to show you Jennifer uh, rather than him so that we can see her. This is the woman, the trans woman that he murdered uh, six years ago upon discovering that she was trans and trying to use trans panic as his defense. And it's really heartbreaking. Uh, where'd you go? I'm sorry, I had to close the window. I have, I told you I had workers next door and they're just starting to bang, sorry. Oh, they were providing accompaniment to our show. So anyway, that's Jennifer. Um, and it's obviously really frustrating to the Filipino LGBT community, um, to seeing American military ex receive special treatment. Um, he Because he was imprisoned on a military base there like by himself. He wasn't even in the local Philippine prison system. So he was already receiving lots of special treatment for being a foreign citizen. But this man murdered a trans woman. It shouldn't matter that he's American. It shouldn't matter that he is right. military. Uh, you violated a local law and abusing our military and visa relationships to receive special treatment is even more disgusting when we're supposed to be the country fighting for equal rights, equal treatments of marginalized communities around the world. And, and I mean, not that any murder is less than the other, but the, the, the violence of that murder was just so disturbing. I just don't even see how anybody with a heart and soul would say, okay, I'm going to pardon you. You're pardoned. Yeah, because he was already uh, treated, uh, he was charged with homicide, not murder in their system. That's slightly lower. It's like you can't prove evil intent. Um, so he was, so he received multiple levels of concessions for being American, for being a military member on the way to this six to 10 year sentence for murdering this woman. Um, and so, but here, there, basically there, Trump said, nope, fine. And he looks like he's just going to be out. I mean, this military man will be coming back home to the US, I think rather quickly. It's really well, I hope frustrating to see that. I hope you have a horrible, horrible life. Um, yes, all right, and then more, I mean, it's just uh, more anti-trans uh, news. The American Principles Project is running anti-trans ads in battleground state, uh, Michigan, to get voters to oppose Joe Biden and uh, uh, Senator, uh, Democratic Senator Gary Peters. Two of the ads feature a man, Kevin Witt, who says that when he was a younger teenager, he felt that he should be a woman, but 17 years later decided he wanted to be a man again. He called uh, gender transition treatments for minors dangerous and irreversible and claims that Biden and Peter support sterilization. Uh, text over the ad refers uh, viewers to the Senate version of the Equality Act. The third ad alleges that the Equality Act would destroy girls' sports because it would let trans girls, or as the ad puts it, a competitor who claims to be a girl but was born a boy, compete against uh, cisgender girls in interscholastic sports. Uh, these claims are obviously misleading. Uh, the Equality Act does not address gender transition procedures or school sports. Uh, sports are governed by state bodies and college sports by independent organizations. The American Principles Project plans to air the ads in other key swing states in addition to and in press release 
Uh, Executive Director Terry Schilling says Biden and his fellow Democrats have pledged to use the power of the federal government to destroy women's sports and push young children into highly experimental and dangerous uh, sex change procedures. And it's just uh, it's just blatant, misleading lies. It's complete and utter bullshit. Yeah, there's clearly a number of uh, groups that want to continue to use marginalized trans people as a wedge issue to use Biden's declaration that he wants to sign the Equality Act in the first 100 days, uh, to use lots of trans fear-mongering and bigoted false information. So we just wanna really be aware and watch how these groups are using parts of our community in false information, false statistics, false false facts. That's just a lie, not a false fact, whatever. Uh, but as, as wedge issues against our candidates, we wanna defend both the candidates and the trans community when these issues are tried to be used in this way. Now, somebody just brought up a comment we'd have to discuss because it was very, uh, did you just turn on your light for the first time? Yes, I did. <laughs> you <laughs> all this time worried about it. Those sunflowers are real in the background and forget to turn on your light. I just don't get it. We can talk about the weather, but you can't remember to get your set correct. Look, how, look at the change. Doesn't he look better, y'all? That's without it. That's with it bright. That's with it with the. No, that's cold. I told you never use that cold. Right. That's the one you say makes me warm and sweet. The warmer. Wait, okay. Uh -huh. Did you see this this afternoon? They are liquidating Lubies and Fuddruckers, a Texas institution. Who's going to ask you want gravy on that? Y'all, the Luan platter was so important to my development. My grandfather, when we would go to town, we always went to Lubies for a Luan platter. And you know why I loved it? Because Jello counted as a salad. Uh, yes. Oh my God. You have no idea, Amber. Well, you do have an idea because that, I do. We, we, that was our go-to place after Sunday. We just loved Luby's and their chicken fried steak with that gravy. And I'm so sad. Do you remember when we were in Shreveport and you and me, was it Shreveport? I think it was you and me and John Pafford. At, we, we all went to Luby's. I don't oh. remember that specific instance. I've been so many times. Oh my but God. <clears throat> Poor Lubies, though, they went through that thing like a decade ago where there kept being shootings at Lubies in Dallas-Fort Worth. There were like shootings at multiple Lubies. I was like, y'all, it's cafeteria. Play nice. Is there anything we can do? I mean, I, at this point, no. It's like whenever people mourn a restaurant that's closing, they're like, oh, I love that place. My answer is always not enough to keep it open. I mean, but, but, but we're not there, Rimerson. And, and it makes me sad because there was a Luby's right by my friends, Patrick and Kevin, where I always stay in Dallas and I never win. I should have gone. I should have gone. I should have gone. Oh, well, yes. Well, we had some good times. Well, thanks oh. for bringing the room down. I mean, I am, I don't even know if I could finish the show now that I, I know. I know. Murder, murdered people. Oh, you should have waited till the end of the show to tell. Um, all oh, right. Well, well you know, I've been thinking about something. Um, you know, I, I, we've talked a lot, right? I'm tired. I don't feel like for me personally, just squares on social media is doing anything. Twitter's not changing. It hasn't changed anyone's mind in a decade on anything. So I've been trying to think about what we can do that's actually active contribution for the election in November, right? So we're going to every show or every week introduce you to a campaign that's really important. So I'm choosing to focus on that we need to flip the Senate, right? So every week we're going to introduce you uh, to somebody else. So for today's episode, I want to introduce everyone. I, and of course, some of you will know these people, but I wanted to give us as a community uh, something to focus on, each, focus on each week. 
contribute to their campaign if you can. Um, you know, post about them, learn about them, share yeah. about them. This is Jamie Harrison. Yes. Jamie Harrison is running in South Carolina as the Democrat to unseat Lindsey Graham. He is the 44-year-old former South Carolina state senator and former chair of the state's Democratic Party. He is the son of a single teenage mom raised by his grandparents in Orangeburg, South Carolina. He overcame the challenges of grinding poverty with the help of teachers and mentors and went from a mobile home to Yale University and Georgetown Law. On his website, it says he never forgot who he was or where he came from. After college, he went back to Orangeburg to teach at his old high school, then worked to help empower kids like him to go to college. He served as an aide to legendary South Carolina Congressman James Clyburn, who endorsed Biden recently, and then worked for some of the biggest employers in South Carolina, including the Port of Charleston and the University of South Carolina. In 2013, he was elected as the first African-American chair of the South Carolina Democratic Party, which he held until 2017. He and his wife, Marie, live in Columbia, where they raised their two young children. Now, y'all, earlier this year, Lindsey Graham, who is incredibly popular, led by double digits, but polls more recently have shown Jamie Harrison to within two to three percentage points of Lindsey Graham. So, y'all, I gave to Jamie Harrison I this too. week, and I registered. I am taking next week a class to phone bank for Jamie Harrison. I am taking on this one as one of my candidates to do actual work for. I don't have much money, but I can do that. I want to you send me that information. I want to thank folks right there on this website. If you go to his website, everyone, you can donate. And as we introduce candidates, I'm doing this for Joe Biden as well uh, this week and next week. I am taking a class from Joe Biden on how to text for him and how to phone bank for him. And I'm also signing up to Jamie to phone bank. All of these candidates, when you go to the website, there's the donation link. Donate if you can. And if you can't, pick a couple in these key battleground states and put aside some time to phone bank or text. Yes. I'm going to phone bank. Blake's going to text because he's not a caller. That is not That does not speak to his soul. But y'all, I, I hope you enjoy this. We're going to really focus on these races that are really important, help you meet the candidates, and let's all together either donate or commit a few hours, one time even, uh, to support these candidates that we need to take back the, can the Senate. I tell you, when I, when I phone banked for Mike Espy in Mississippi in the midterms, it was one of the most rewarding uh, days that I, I spent down there. I was actually down there, but it's, it's really great. And look, if you phone bank in the Southern state, you can get some good stories from those old Southern Democrats. They will tell you some shit. So, um, yes. yeah. Um, but I hope y'all like that. You know, there's so many races in so many places and and you can certainly suggest, but I've got a bunch of the key Senate races we'll do for the next couple of weeks. And I want to focus on one per show, um, the races that we need to either defend or the ones that we have an opportunity because we want Joe to win and that's important and we should all be doing that. And if we can swing the Senate, then it's far more likely that the, the things that we want to do can then be achieved. I love uh, it. I love so it. That, I spent all afternoon, you know, getting a bunch of information. I'm really excited because we've talked about, right, what can we do, right, that's really doing. I am disillusioned with social media. It's bad for my mental health to watch Twitter. People scream at them. So this is what I'm doing in my real world uh, to, to contribute my actual time and energy. And I hope you all will find the ones of these you like and join us in that.
Well, I tell you, you know, I've been after Lindsey Graham for a long time. And I have to say, I think I told you this, that I got called out on social media because on Twitter, I was calling him Miss Lindsey all the time and uh, and putting Pity Pat Graham with a, you know, wig like Pity Pat from uh, Along With The Win. And I said, I'm not doing that anymore. I, I, I heard you. I heard you. I'm only calling him Sugar Bridges Graham from now on. And, and I'm giving to Jamie Harrison. That's my pledge. You know, it's like, and, and of course, like, look, I, you know, I've, I've, cause I've given you a hard time about that. And, um, but I don't, it's not really about that. It's that I am finding, you know, our world as it is right now, I'm no longer enjoying that, yeah. the stuff that used to be funny to me. And that's not a judgment of anybody else. Uh, Blake and I were talking about it earlier, like laughing at Trump with the thing flying out of his nose yesterday. Like, I get why that's amusing and releases steam for people. It's just not doing that for me anymore. So these are just little concrete steps I can take. Um, and so I wanted to share them with y'all. And you know, we as our little community can find some people and do some good in addition to laughing at them. I swear to God, I, I thought I saw everything. I didn't see a booger fly out of Trump's nose. <laughs> oh, they thought everyone was like, oh, it was Adderall. There was some little thing. I just so. Oh my God! All right, well let's. Move All right, on. rolling on to other good oh, work. Yeah, on to good, good other good candidates. Out Pennsylvania rep Malcolm Kenyatta was just a part of the DNC uh, keynote with his fiance last week. He gave an impressive speech, shaming Republican lawmakers for backing legislation making it more difficult to vote. His speech on the House uh, floor railed against uh, an amendment as an attack on ballot. Ballot access. It allows only brief periods of requesting mail-in ballots and eliminate drop boxes for ballots in Pennsylvania. He said this actually should not be a contentious issue. It should be a bipartisan issue to allow every Pennsylvanian to have access to their fundamental right to vote. But what this amendment does is make the process inaccessible for Pennsylvanians. And unfortunately, it has been driven by national politics, driven by a president that wants to make people feel, and, you, and then they start booing. Uh, so he says, unfortunately, it has been driven by a, a president that wants to make people feel, and you can boo if you want, that's okay. Maybe I'm not allowed to talk about it, but if anyone has two eyes and two ears, they know why this amendment is being moved. Yeah. I love it. I love him. You know, I didn't know much about him before doing the research for him speaking at the DNC and seeing his fiance. And he's in Pennsylvania, which is also where Brian Sims is. So we've got several powerhouse out representatives taking people to task. And that gerrymandering ballot access is the stuff that makes my brain bleed, because that's the stuff that shows the kind of Republicans that it isn't about making an America for all Americans. You know, if you want to argue economic ideas, if you want to argue uh, you know, how we function as a society, that is one thing. But when you make it harder for people to vote, when you want to make it your district so that you can never lose, that's not about democracy. And I can't believe anything you have to say after that. So good for him. Saying that's right. And, and it's, the, it's the way that Brian Kemp stole Georgia from, from Stacey Abrams. It's all of that bullshit. So. Yeah. Although we're going to get to, because of all that nonsense, it's not, not this week, but I, I, today in my deep dive on all the Senate races, both of those Georgia races are getting interesting. So we, yeah, okay. we'll get to them. Sure. Um, now, you don't have WOW Presents Plus, right? You haven't watched Canada's Drag Race. Well, y'all, this is about to be a spoiler. If you plan to watch Canada's Drag Race, the season that just aired. Uh, but I did want to share this because I absolutely loved 
the season. I thought the queens were amazing. And so last week they crowned their queen and I want you to see her uh, because wait, where is she? Oh, there she is. Uh, Priyanka was crowned the first queen of Canada's yeah. drag race. Um, she is hysterical. She's a Toronto queen. She's a former children's TV show host. She quit her job hosting a daytime t kids TV show to go do drag race. And she was she was wearing the first ever lehenga, the traditional garb she was wearing, and the first Indo-Caribbean queen, the first queen of Indian heritage. She said, before the finale aired, I wanna represent my people and I want people to know that drag can just be the thing that you're meant to do. No matter how many years you do it for, if you're meant to do it, that's what you need to do with your life. She was not out to her father when she went on Drag Race. Her dad thought Priyanka was just his girlfriend, like the name of his girlfriend. Um, oh. He has since come out, but so it was very exciting. The show is great. If you didn't see it, I encourage you to watch it. Uh, the Belgium Drag Race premieres in September. I am loving international Drag Race so much. How do we get wow? Is it? Oh, you, do you just call your? It's, an, it's just an app. It's only three ninety nine a month. It's one of the cheap ones. So like you can get it on your TV. You just get the Wow Presents app. Wow. Four dollars a month, and the the stuff stays up there. So okay. you could pay four dollars this month, binge watch the whole season, and then delete it. And it would. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I just may do that. I may have to watch that because I I'm needing some Drag Race. I mean, I'm liking the Vegas thing. I am like. I love it. Wow, I love Drag Race Vegas. Because seeing them talk when it's not about competition, we're seeing so much more of their personalities. I love it. I know. We get no, um, um, our Dallas friend getting all. Yes, Asia. Asia's getting pissed. Up. She is. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I love uh, her so much. Uh, what's that? I said I love her so much. Oh, I do too. It's very, very handsome as a boy too. Uh, okay. So um, this is, I, I was so thrilled to share this. Thank you for sharing this with me, Emerson, this morning, because my daughter Caroline lives in San Francisco and she's very active with and has a, a trans friend who lives very close to where this happened. And last week, activists and legislators organized a mural in San Francisco Tenderloin neighborhood, uh, the first officially recognized transgender cultural district in the world. The mural reads, uh, black trans lives matter. It is so gorgeous and so big. And uh, there's so, there are so many uh, trans uh, uh, brothers and sisters living there in, in that area. It's, it's known for that. So they commemorate the, and they commemorated the 54th anniversary of the Compton Cafeteria Riot. The project was created by local trans artists in collaboration with the transgender district counterpulse and the Tenderloin Community Benefits District. Trans leader Honey Mahogany said, it is incredibly important at this time with everybody, uh, everything going on across the nation and globe to have this painting right at the heart of the tender, uh, the transgender district. There is a convergence of history given the historic importance of the site being the location of the Compton's cafeteria rights and the area where transgender people and people of color have lived for decades. For those of you who do not know, the Compton Cafeteria uh, riot happened in 1966, three years before Stonewall, when a group of trans women fought back against police inside the 24-hour restaurant popular with queer folks. As officers began to verbally and physically harass uh, its LGBTQ uh, patrons, one very fed up trans woman threw a cup of coffee at a policeman's head 
sparking a riot uh, largely by trans women and drag queens. The riot ended with several queer people being taken into custody only after a police car was destroyed and a newsstand was set ablaze and numerous tables and windows were smashed. And so yeah. they, they proceeded uh, Stonewall. And uh, yeah. I know, and I felt like it was good fun for us to share because I feel like everyone knows Stonewall, the general gist, uh, as long as we don't try to argue about the brick. Uh, but the black cat here in Los Angeles and the Compton cafeteria riots, less people know about. And I love that they did that right at the site. And it's the first trans district uh, in the nation. Yeah. And I, I just love that. I just love it. And it was so great because I sent the picture you sent me to Caroline and she sent it to her friend, Brianna. And, and she goes, I've seen it. I'm there. You know? I was about to say, but she's probably out there. Um, but there was commentary back. Jonathan, Drag Race Vegas is so scripted. It is. I mean, they're obviously like, can y'all get dressed and go fight in the casino? But it's still fun to watch them do it and see them talk about each other when it's not about like competing. And Phil added, Canada's Drag Race is available on Spectrum on demand. So if that's your case, oh, provider, I awesome. don't have it except in Palm Springs. I have it. Well, then, well, then you can't watch it that way. We've reached the midpoint of our show, which means. Um, Obviously, we do this show to share the news and stories we find both important or entertaining with you all. We spend a good bit of time uh, putting the show together. So if you've contributed to Jamie Harrison and everyone you can possibly think of and still have money left over, want to send us a little tip, a dollar, five, ten, a thousand. Uh, you can do that on Venmo, at Emerson Collins, or on PayPal to beardcollinshoresproductions at gmail.com. Yes, and we have to say a big, big thank you uh, to uh, John Hartman and you know it was interesting because uh, John asked if there was any way to, to to give us a tip other than Venmo and PayPal and Emerson said don't worry about it it's okay and I, I messaged him and said if you want to there's a couple other people who have sent checks and we got a very very generous tip from him I mean very very generous and the thing about I, I love John Hartman because he's been supporting our work for so long uh, he was uh, when we were doing sorted wedding. He bought auction items. He bought the dinner, the New York New Year's dinner, and and we got to meet him in Atlanta. So, John Hartman, thank you. Yeah, and y'all, it is every every you know we joke and it's not expected, but it is really meaningful and it is really helpful. Thank you to Michael and Jonathan who have already contributed today. So. And obviously those who can't, we do this to have fun and laugh and your comments and sharing the broadcast and tuning in every week. Uh, this is a highlight of our week too. Um, so getting on through the news, this is very exciting to me personally. Star Trek Discovery, the CBS All Access series returns for its third season in October. And they've been on the forefront of representation already uh, with the first gay married uh, couple on their show played by Wilson Cruz and Anthony Rapp. Uh, and they are introducing the first trans and non-binary characters. Ian Alexander joins the cast as Gray, a Trill host. I won't fall down the rabbit hole since I am a Trekkie explaining what that means. Uh, and Blue Del Barrio will play the role of Adria, a hyper-intelligent non-binary teenager. The writers of the show have been working with Nick Adams, the director of trans representation of GLAAD, to create the characters as both compelling and authentic. And it's super exciting. Blake and I are actually, he's hes a Star Wars person and I'm a Star Trek person. So we've started watching the Star Trek movies from the beginning because at night I have to tune out the news and like let myself enjoy entertainment. 
Um, so my little inner Trekkie was very excited that they've, they've done so great for our community on their show. Yes, they have. <laughs> I want to ask you, you're, you know, you're, you, we, we um, have um, uh, our friend Beth Grant's daughter was on it. Is she still, is she back? Yes. Oh, Beth's daughter, Mary Chifo, is, has been a hugely important Klingon uh, badass character since the beginning she's so so great. i told beth i said i watched the show because i'm a, a trekkie mary being on it is just uh, a bonus so i've known her since she was born i mean she was she's literally born in november and my daughter caroline i mean and rebecca and i mean it, they were all all the babies were together so I, it's it's so exciting to see her success so um all right, I love this story. You're so welcome. Much. Thank you. <laughs> so throwing now you saw my note in the middle of this story. I, right? I, say, I say it often, but when Emerson says we work really hard on this show, I show up. I show up on Tuesdays and Fridays. Emerson works really, really hard on this show. So anyway, this is a great story. Bill Edgar trained to be a private investigator. Uh, and this is set in Australia, by the way, so I'll butcher the accent. But he's found a new career as a professional are you ready? Coffin confessor. So people hire him before they die to do things after they die. He says one 88 year old man called him from the hospital and hired him to go over to his house and get rid of some personal items before he died. And his, and his son, before his son discovered them, he said, I was pretty shocked. It was like a sex dungeon. Edgar said he has destroyed everything from sex toys to drugs to pornography. And for funerals, Edgar says people will often hire him to ensure their final wishes are fully carried out by their family members who fear they may not otherwise abide. So several women have asked him to make sure that they are buried in sexy lingerie. Many others have asked that he slip their cell phones into their coffins before they are laid to rest. I guess in case they, you know, have a call to make. Need to get a call. Text. Maybe I'll get a text. Uh, one deceased asked Edgar to interrupt their funeral service by telling the priest to shut up. <laughs> I love that so much. He had to stand up in the funeral and say, shut up. Uh, another asked him to go to their wake and inform his brother that he had been sleeping with his wife for six years. So we, we I'm sorry. You know you crack me up with these stories. I love him so much. You too. I just love that he's made a career out of this. So we want to ask you guys, what would you need to have a coffin confessor do? I mean, just, are, are, yeah. you know, just us, y'all. It's just us. Y'all no tell problem. us what you would have, either because it'd be embarrassing or what you would want them to do or say at their funeral. Please tell us and I'll tell you mine. Okay. Uh, so the most entertaining request was from a man who asked him to, to go to his funeral, walk up to the microphone and tell everyone that their best mate was gay and the lover was in the audience. <laughs> Edgar did it and says, they took offense to it, but there was a number there. There's a number that already knew. The bikies were a bit upset. But to be honest, the true friends already knew and said, we don't care. The lover did come and speak to me about a week uh, later, top block. <laughs> so as far as Edgar knows, he is the first and only coffin confessor in the world. He recently inked a deal uh, with a film producer for a movie or a drama series about being a coffin confessor. It is so fucking great. I mean, 
like this show, it's just like the comedy version of Six Feet Under. It's like, you know, it's like that show. I would watch this shit out of this show. Endless stories, endless. But also, wait, here's my question. So he stood up there and said, by the way, your friend's gay and the lover's here in the audience. Now he didn't meet the lover till a week later, which means the lovers sat there silently while everyone went. Everybody's looking, wondering whom it Not is. Me. Not me. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? I hope he also told the lover this was going to happen. Just like to warn him? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, by the way, I'm going to out myself at my funeral because you know what? I just can't bring it. I just can't bring myself to do it. So once I'm gone, okay, have you thought about yours? What would you have uh, the coffin confessor do? Uh... Okay, okay, mine's not that scandalous, but I do have a job that I would hire him for. You know, I've joked for years that I have a list of people not allowed to speak at my funeral because they would make my death about them. Um, what I would do is I would send the coffin confessor to my wake and he would have a five minute timer. Oh, that's cool. All my friends who like to tell stories. I'm not naming any names. I'm just saying that I know entirely too many that might get up and do it, you know, a tight 30 about yeah. how the first time they met me and then it just becomes this story about them. You're saying that I need to start. I'm saying you, Justin Martindale, Scott Nevins, like the parade of stand-up comedy at my funeral. No, if I die before y'all, it's about me. I, You know, there's so much, I, I'm trying to think, is there anything that is like, scandalous that I have hidden. I just don't know that there's anything in my house that I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't give a shit what you find. I don't know. Well, yes. You don't have any secrets. Uh, John said, I wonder who's going to find my porn. Mine's just on the internet. Doug's like you. He said, thinking over this, I've just lived two out in the open. I couldn't yeah, employ I the man. I agree, Douglas. Me too. I, that, you know what it did this morning? It prompted me. I thought, Oh, I, there's a few things in my, in my estate that I uh, have to change. Uh, and, you know, my kids are older yeah. now and I have you as the executor and I it, things like that I just need to change. So I need to do that. I mean, update those wills, y'all. Don't leave that old version causing a scandal. Tate said, definitely to do the porn and toy my house, have a memorial party to celebrate. I think it'd be fun to hire somebody to just have like comments. Um, like, I would I would give him very specific scripts, I think. I said, okay, now when Justin's talking, say, now don't tell about this and say, and now if this person starts to mention this, tell him, uh-uh, back on track. I think I would just make them at least drag Leslie Jordan to make him show up. You know, he just may say, well, it's, it's so late. I'm so tired. I just can't. I just can't. Hey, can I just do a video? I'll just I'll do a little short video. He don't care. He's not there. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Leslie would be the one to make that excuse. Why? Delford won't know. My only regret is that you know you predicted that Sarah Hunley would outlive us all, and I just always fantasize that Sarah would just talk nonsensical at my funeral, <laughs> smoking and ashing. <laughs> And yeah. drink it. Coming Sarah, That'd be Sarah up there, ashen in the urn. And just drunk as a skunk at my funeral. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Judy said, I've instructed my executor to destroy my diaries when I'm gone. Hi, Judy. I'm doing a writing workshop with Judy. I see. Interesting. <laughs> the, I wrote diaries as a kid, 
And I was such a pretentious early adolescent that I kept trying to write journals as if one day they were going to get discovered. Oh, so you were like wanting a published after you Like I was like, oh, this isn't just like random nonsense. It's like today I can sit, but I only ever wrote like three entries and then got bored. Um, all right. Well, that was fun. I enjoyed that, y'all. Uh, Jig said, dress me up like Edna Turnblad. Oh, I, 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 that's how I see you in my mind, Jigs. <laughs> that's not weird. That's just a picture. Um, in quick international news, two sort of conversion therapy related stories. We've talked a lot about Poland and the challenges for our community there between reelecting their bigoted president, the LGBT free zones. Well, now Polish Catholic bishops have laid out a 27 page document for the creation of clinics that would help LGBTQ people realize their sexuality is a symptom of wounds on various levels of their personality and would help those who wish to regain a healthy identity and spiritual harmony. Y'all, that's fancy words for conversion therapy. Now, what's interesting about this document is they do, see, do say LGBT people should be respected in a democratic state and the rule of law should ensure no fundamental rights of these people are violated and no acts of physical or verbal violence. So they like wanna treat us well while they change us. So like, I guess like weird, like progress, terrible idea. Um, and then also similarly in Indonesia, last weekend police raided a party at an Indonesian hotel. 47 men were arrested. Most of them were released, but nine of them who were accused of organizing the event are he were held and charged with violating an anti-porn law facing up to 15 years in prison. Homosexuality isn't illegal in most of Indonesia, but there's been a huge crackdown in the past few years and members of their parliament have drafted a bill that would require LGBTQ people to go through a treatment at a government approved rehab clinic. Code for conversion therapy. So really paying attention to our international brothers and sisters in places where it's not technically illegal, but they seem to be ramping up conversion therapy as a solution uh, for getting rid of their LGBTQ. It's sort of that we love you and it's just that you're not normal and your lifestyle is not according to God's will and you you want, you know, these wounds healed. I yeah. don't. I, what, I don't and remind me, like back to Canada's drag race of that married couple who are in Canada because of the persecution right. they were facing in Indonesia. So, I was thinking about the Underground Railroad helped them, absolutely. Um, so, all right, so a federal judge has denied the Trump administration's request to dismiss a lawsuit, a lawsuit filed by two former U.S. military cadets against the military's inconsistent policies prohibiting people living with HIV from signing up for service. The lawsuit alleges that the Department of Defense policies on HIV positive recruits are outdated, arbitrary, and violate the Fifth Amendment's guarantees to due process. Both men were discharged after testing positive for HIV, even though their superior officers and military health care providers thought they could continue serving without special accommodations for their health. Military policy uh, bars people living with HIV from commissioning as officers, joining the military, or serving in combat zones. Judge Richard Bennett refused to grant the truck administration's request to dismiss all charges, writing, 
There is simply no basis to hold that officers must be free from HIV, even if they are physically capable of service and would otherwise be able to deploy. The military's policy of withholding officers' commissions from HIV-positive service members render those service members second-class citizens. That is precisely what the Equal Protection Clause forbids. So there you have it, Richard Grinnell. I love seeing the administration's attempt to be bigoted continuously slapped down by judges. Like, this isn't a win in this case yet either, but it's bonkers. It's like the trans ban. Like, people people want to serve in the military, and you can serve with many other chronic conditions in the military that require medications. And people living with HIV, now it is a manageable chronic condition. And so it's just contributing to stigma, a lack of education and understanding. and people living with HIV or trans people or anyone who actively wants to serve in our military, let them. Yeah. I don't know. Let the people who want to go, go. Right. It's like being bigoted just to be bigoted. I'm sure, you know, diabetics, anybody else that is being treated for uh, something, I'm sure that it's, it's not the same. It is not the same. So it is absolutely discrimination. So good for this. Thank you, Judge Richard. When I love that he thinks they're gonna win. So like, yay, onward we go. Um, all right, this next one, did you, were you a big Mean Girls fan? Well, I loved, loved, loved the movie. Loved it, yes. Well, y'all, it is very exciting. 16 years ago, Gretchen Wieners, Gretchen Wieners said, I don't think my father, the inventor of toaster strudel, would be too pleased with this. And finally, 16 years later, Pillsbury is finally taking advantage of the tie-in and launching Mean Girls-inspired Toaster Strudel. And I just love this. Um, I think it's hilarious that it like took them 16 years to get it, uh, but there it is. The um, last Wednesday, because of course on Wednesdays we wear pink, they posted an all for Gretchen Wieners announcing new Mean Girls-inspired Toaster Strudel with limited edition pink icing with fetch written on top of it, so they did finally manage to make Fetch happen. Kevin O'Malley Keys, the senior brand experience planner, said for years we've enjoyed in seeing fan art that they've made using toaster strudels, so now it's official, and they're running a competition titled the most Fetch toaster strudel icing sweepstakes, and the winner will get a personalized video message from Lacey Chabert, as well as one year's worth of toaster strudel and Mean Girls merchandise. Wow. I just love it. It's just like silly and fun and it made my heart happy. I need to enter that competition. You should. You are a good artiste. I mean, you gotta oh, get no, real creative. I'm not. It's not the kind of artist I am at all. My problem but, is I'd want to make like a pink penis design and you know that's not going to win. So, all right. Well, I think it would sell, uh, at least to our demographic. Yeah. Uh, uh, I love this story, and I actually tweeted this video way before. I, I was very aware of this because the man in the video that uh, is this maskless, religious, crazy motherfucker uh, in Alaska is wearing UT all over the place, University of Texas. And I thought, oh God, you're not you're not making Texans look good. So he's at Walmart in Anchorage, Alaska, and was asked to leave the store for not wearing a mask and he lost it. Now I wanted to tell you that no are you playing the the, the manager? Are you gonna Obviously. play? Okay. Yeah. I want you to know that no matter how over the top you think I am, 
when you see this video, which you absolutely should, I am, I, there is no way I can even come close to what this man's uh, true performance was like. Okay, I gotta get into my character. <sighs> Here we go. Get back on your highway to hell and get out of a godly man's face by your very blunt ignorance. You don't have the ability to even come with your own fucking ideas. You have not established authority to tell me to leave. Go get your manager. You have four managers right here. Please leave. Are you exercising your right as a private company to take away my rights? Are you refusing my service? Why don't you say we refuse your service? Sir, you do not need to yell. I choose to yell, and you cannot stop me! Bye. Please turn to your service of Satan and your ignorant belief that you are right! That's cool, bye! I have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness! My happiness is best served by standing in your face and saying you're a fool and wrong and have no authority over me! Have a good day! Y'all, that's just- I don't know how that was for everyone else, but you annoyed me. So like that man was a lot. That, but I, but Emerson, it doesn't even stop there. I, mean, oh, I know, I just oh, got tired yeah. of translating. Oh Lord, the neighbors are coming to see what's going on. <laughs> well, yeah, it sounds like you're assaulting somebody. <laughs> They're worried people. There's, a knock, there's gonna be a knock at the door. I was like, you're not okay. But, and also the flip side, it, you know, the, the woman who was the manager was really impressive because you know, they were yelling back and forth, but then he really got in her face and she kept way that she, but I mean, to me, it started becoming, I was like, if I had been standing there, I would have been come concerned for her physical safety. And she just stood there, handled it well and off and sent him back. And, and seriously, did not budge. Like in that calm demeanor, did not budge. Y'all have to watch it. You have to just, just, um, players at Academy Award performance, Dell. I'd say People's Choice at Bell. <laughs> like, I would say Community Theater, the Community Theater Awards, for, for most over the top. No, it's not. I swear to God, it. What I did is not over the top. You must see yeah. it. Y'all, it definitely was the most like, probably the most unhinged, except for like that KKK Karen in Tennessee. Uh, of the ones I have personally watched. I, I would be, uh, I was gonna say a feared. I would be a feared for him to get behind the wheel after that. Seriously, he was so upset. Yeah, a little road ragey. Um, all right, a much lighter fun things as we get oh. to the end of the show. Uh, Channing Tatum, first of all, I love Channing Tatum so I much. Too. Have you ever seen that video of him at like 19 dancing in a thong all grainy yeah. at that sort of strip club where he came from? I just love that he came from the world of male erotic dancing and did all these things with his life and is not ashamed of it and yeah. celebrates it and made a whole bunch of movies about it. I just love that kind of like owning who you are and where you come from. Makes him so hot to me. And after this, you, you will love him even more. Well, he recently told his millions of Instagram followers that things got a little weird for me in quarantine and shared this photo of himself dressed as a fairy, reading a children's book to a bunch of unicorns. Hey, y'all, I'm a fairy, and I'm just, I, that kind of fairy does it for me. I am not going to lie. 
Um, he said in the caption, um, he's coming out with a new picture book called The One and Only Sparkella, inspired by accidentally locking himself in his six-year-old daughter Everly's room. The caption says, this is what I created for my little girl from what is, I guess, the little girl in me. The, oh. the story of a young girl named Ella who's made fun of for her glittery appearance. Ella feels bad, but then her father encourages her to keep being herself and builds her self-esteem. The book comes out next year. But he also shared the dedication, which reads part of it. This is also for all dads that might have a little girl. Wear whatever, dance however, and be as magical as you can, because I promise you they will return the love. And I just felt like as the dad who made princess things for his little girls, that would speak to you. Well, it does. And I, it, it, I, the, the image that came to mind, Emerson, is when I remember my ex-wife once walked into my house with my girls and we're in the mirror doing dream girls. I always had to play Effie because they wanted, they would fight over Dina. Uh, but, you know, we were doing you and your dream. We had all the moves and we had the boas. And like, yep. But I also, and even separate from the kids, I love that this guy that's, you know, he does action movies and like even his stripper movies, it's like aggressively masculine, right? You know, is just putting up that photo of look at me and my fairy wings because this is what it takes to entertain my kid and I'll do anything to entertain my kid. You know what that does about masculinity? Like it's just such a great, wonderful display um, that I just love. And saying, I'm embracing the little girl inside of me. What's yeah, that? And like that, that being an okay thing. Like yeah, do it. Absolutely. Love you, Channing Tatum. Chain and Tater. I mean, okay. that Tony song. So, uh, so, all right. And someone else I love very much is Casey Musgraves. And she's using her voice to warn about the harm to the LGBTQ community that would be caused by a second Trump term. A week ago, she shared an image saying, if you love an LGBT person uh, and you're planning on voting for Donald Trump in November, that's an act of violence against them. Her comment above it said, to teach their own, but know what your vote means. And of course, the responses were from conservatives saying he's the most pro-gay president, bull fucking shit, with the same, oh, the same sex marriage support from day one argument. And LGBT conservatives are furious at her good. Um, I love it. I love that she's out. It's literally become uh, like I've, we've been talking about my mental health, the music that I'm listening to. I'm using a lot for relaxing and it's been a, a lot of Blake's got me into Babel Guiberto. Uh, Casey Musgraves is very common, like afternoon, like doing stuff. I just love her. I love her music, what she stands for, that she's willing to follow the chicks route of not caring what the country audience thinks to stand for the right things. I just love it. And if you don't know her music, just download same same trailer, different park right now and listen to it after this show. Um, yeah, ah, uh, yeah, I loved this show, y'all. Did you? Yeah, you know, I, yeah, we always I, joke after the show's over, like, how do we feel about that one? But I hope y'all liked. I'm excited about sharing can focusing on one candidate with you guys. I liked uh, the trans stories and the focus on that, and I liked these fun ones. But this just felt like a great show to me. I figured we had a minute left. We could tell that we could do our recap with everyone. Yeah, it was fun and and, and, and it was important. And we, we must continue in that spirit that you gave us today, Emerson. We really must continue to do more than just sit on Twitter and, uh, you know, troll Donald, Donald Trump like I, I do. But we, we must do more. So I am going to make a commitment to phone bank for 
somebody, maybe Jamie Harrison, maybe Mike Espy again, but at least one of them. And y'all, and I don't, I don't say any of that to sh whatever you need to do, whatever you need to laugh at to get through. That is such an important part of this for all of us. Um, but I'm really trying to focus on using our little platform in the way we can to focus on concrete things we can all do together. I'm not trying to change the whole nation, but I can use little bits of my time to do good things. I hope you will too. And as always. If you want to shoot us a tip, Venmo at Emerson Collins or PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. All right. Thank you all for joining us and hanging in our little sandbox today. We appreciate y'all and we will see you on Friday. Bye, y'all.